Welcome to ISA Arborview's podcast, a series bringing you conversations with researchers and tree care experts about current issues in arboriculture. Today I'm joined by Colin Bashford, a tree care expert and ISA officer in the UK with more than four decades of experience in the public and private sector. He now heads a consultancy specialising in forensic arboriculture and other areas. Mr Bashford's latest work focuses on pruning and treatment regimes for mature trees and the differences inherent in the methods and applications of managing young and veteran trees. Welcome Colin and can you tell us what is a veteran tree and give us some examples? Welcome to you too Ken, thank you for calling me here. A veteran tree is uh, quite a loose interpretation. It has to be however a tree of a particular species that within that species is older and bigger than any of the other same of the same species in the surrounding area. Um, it obviously therefore has, might we say, a wealth and of a lifetime experience. We in England are in the UK are extremely fortunate in that we have more, a greater concentration of veteran trees than anywhere else in the world, which may seem quite extraordinary. However, this has occurred because our manorial feudal system where we had a lord of the manor and serfs to look after the grounds the trees were very important it was important to the lord of the manor to have new trees that were collected from abroad uh, in other areas these trees have been lost unfortunately on mainland europe there have been two major world wars and war and soldiers are just not very kind to trees and so they, although they have mature trees they don't have the concentrations that we have. If you're asking me where my favourite veteran trees are, then it's probably Windsor Great Park, which is one of the homes of the Queen. And anybody visiting our country who's interested in trees should make an essential task to go to Windsor Great Park and be amongst these great oak trees that have seen six or seven hundred years of life. Uh, that has been indicated on lithographs and etchings, but even then they were probably another six, seven, eight hundred years old at the time they were committed to paper. And what are some of the main species that become veteran trees? The easiest has to be the oak tree because uh, in our country the oak is very durable. There is a myth that uh, an oak tree is 300 years in growing, 300 years in establishing itself, and then 300 years in dying. Well, given that a lot of our oak trees are well into 1,500, 2,000 years, they're longer dying. Uh, Probably correct 300 years for growing and establishing, but many, many, many years longer in dying. And what are some of the main factors involved when doing a conservation study of these mature trees? It's essential that you look at the site within which tree is standing. Obviously we have mature and veteran trees within our cities and within our towns and if we're directing folks to be underneath those trees, driving past those trees, then we have to look at different situations where health and safety must be the prime consideration. If we look at a tree that's in a parkland or on the edge of a field, Maybe a cow or two might get killed if it falls over, but then it's uh, much better in terms of the tree that we look at that tree and look not just at the tree, but the habitat that it forms. 
We believe in England that every oak tree has the ability to be the home for over 600 other species of flora and fauna. And what's the key to a tree's longevity and how can arborists help with its longevity? Trees are very much a sort of self-optimising body. Their roots are very opportunistic, putting it simply, and I don't want to go into a biology lesson. Um, their above-ground parts are fine, mainly if left alone. A tree itself will look after itself and will determine how it needs to reduce its canopy in terms of how any effects are going on in its root, and it will self-optimise itself to carry on to be secure, to be safe, stable, and to have good health and vitality. So are there any pruning or maintenance needs for these older and mature trees? Well, you asked how arborists may help, and one of the ways they may help is probably doing nothing. I get very concerned as I travel around the world, um, particularly into highly populated areas, where I see trees that are so manicured, it is absolutely ridiculous. It must be a situation where arborists spend hours going around with secateurs just snipping little pieces off. Each of those pieces has a part of that tree's microenvironment and microecology and providing a habitat. It has an important part to play. So I think arborists could try and refrain from doing some of that work. Um, some of the differences then uh, between the pruning and maintenance needs of an older and mature tree differ from younger ones. I totally accept that young trees should receive formative pruning. It may well start in the nursery. It should carry on, in my opinion, probably in the first 10, 15 or 20 years of, of the life of that tree to avoid it developing bad uh, form later in its life. So what are some of the common mistakes that you've observed with pruning? Well, the common mistakes are basically in the pruning of veteran trees. It's either too little or too much. And what I would encourage and try to encourage arborists to do is to look at the vitality concentrations within a tree and prune back to those. Um, a tree left on its own will quite clearly show how it is regressing or retrenching coming downwards. You'll see where the original canopy line was, you'll see where the next canopy is going to be, and then almost at the same time you can see what is likely to be the final reduced canopy. So the only help a tree possibly needs is to bring back down the level of branches to the next canopy level. So would you say, <coughs> so would you say there's a, a possibly standardised pruning technique or it really is individual? I'd like to think that generically there is or could be a standard pruning technique. In other words, a starting point for considering how you prune trees. However, it can never work. There is no one fit-all situation. Each tree is in its own. There's no such thing as a standard veteran tree in a standard situation, in a standard condition, under standard ownership, or in a standard site. So one has to be specific about each pruning. So are there some signs or symptoms that arborists should look for when trying to decide an age-appropriate treatment? Again, I think I would recommend that arborists look to see what the tree is doing itself. I've had so many people come to me during this uh, 2010 conference and saying to me, do you know, 
I've seen that happening and it's, it's never realised that it's an indication of what I should be doing. And I, they're going to go back and look at those new symptoms. It's not necessary to remove all dead wood. It's not necessary to look at all cavities. Cavities can be the homes of all sorts of animals and flora and fauna. And as we've seen with the big redwoods, there's a totally different canopy way up. And it's exactly the same with any other trees. So you seem to be indicating that arborists probably need to understand more than just the tree and consider its surroundings and habitat. Is, is that right? That's absolutely correct. Uh, I'm not an advocating that arborists should become ecologists or landscape architects or anything of the sort. However, they should have that awareness, just as they should have the awareness about how trees will survive with construction and the built form, it's essential that they have some idea of what's going on in and immediately around that tree. Uh, in England we have bat protection now and bats are a very important part of our ecology and so arborists are trained to recognise bat holes and bat holes that are being used and when to call in a bat expert. Often if we're removing a tree, if we're taking the tree down piecemeal, then we will save the part that houses the bat and we'll strap that into another tree so that bat roost is still retained in the area where the bat is hunting. And I think that's the level that arborists should be looking at in understanding what a tree brings to our environment. I think that's a very important point. And can you consider these principles being applied in urban areas? Oh, yes, very much so. There's no reason at all. Obviously, in urban areas, we can't create um, eco-piles of logs and cut material. Uh, it'll probably just disappear overnight and people want to burn it on their wood burners. However, there's no reason at all why, if a tree's coming down and bats are roosting, that we can't fasten that part of the tree that's to be removed to another tree. Just as in our homes, our old houses, you have to leave bats alone if they're up in the attic and in the roof. So certainly trees have an immense part to play within the urban environment. Well, thank you, Colin, for a very interesting discussion. And thank you for joining us and listening. Mm -hmm.